Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. And I am Chris Marone. And I am calling you. We are recording this podcast. I'm not calling you. We are recording this podcast from Hot Springs, Arkansas. Well, at least I am in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Chris, have you ever been to Hot Springs, Arkansas? No, I have actually claimed to fame of never stepping foot inside of Arkansas. Anyway, you are missing out. I come to Hot Springs and I see a sign that says "Childhood Home of One Slick Willie." It didn't say Slick Willie; it Ooh. said Bill Clinton. So apparently, this is where Bill Clinton um, yep. grew up, and yep. it's it's actually a very very famous place. It used to be a famous place. First of all, I, I, I let that comment slide. You need to come to Arkansas. It is an amazing place. Okay. Yes, I, I know the state bird is the mosquito. Ignore yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually really beautiful. Beautiful lakes, beautiful hills. It is a really nice place to be. And so I I come here every year for a golf tournament. Ooh, but yeah. I, I love the history here. They have hot springs. Now, Chris, I believe Fair. if you do some research, that's kind of how they got their name. I, I'm thinking there's a connection between <laughs> the hot springs here and, and their name. It probably okay. is not a coincidence. Fair. Uh, but Fair. Yeah, they, they, they used to believe these hot springs contained medicinal powers, healing powers. In fact, FDR came here to bathe in the hot springs. Okay. Al Capone came here to see if he could take care of his tax situation. No, not oh. that, but to, to see if he actually could uh, heal him as well. I don't know what his sickness was, but yeah, hot springs, they believed this spa, these hot springs do actually contain healing powers. I love this. Chris, I am very curious to go check it out because they are still open and operating today. So you go there. It is a public, I say public or, or not so public bathhouse. Is this like the Roman days, the Roman Coliseum? We have public bathhouses. I don't think so. Uh, but they have still, they're, they're actual, I, I walked by them. They're actual, uh, historical landmarks, you know, cool. the, the federal government has deemed them, you know, historical landmarks. So you can't mess with them. But that being said, uh, maybe if I ever go check out the bathhouses here, I will have that to, to report to you what I that would is all about. Man, I, I fully believe in the healing power of hot water. Like legitimately, like I, I, I love a good hot tub. I love a good soak in a sauna. Right, yeah, I, I, I love. I'm here fully with you, believe man. it. I believe in to, it. I'll go to the gym. My wife will say, "Did you have a good workout?" And I'll say, "Yes, I did three laps in the hot tub." That that's perfect. It's there at the gym, that's it's meant to be a workout. I'm guessing right. you got to do it. Right, I believe in hydro healing. I'm down. Right, well, Chris, I am here in Hot Springs on a, uh, playing in a golf tournament, and so I'm, yep. I'm 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 ready to announce. I'm quitting my job and joining Ooh. the PGA Tour. Is this is this fair to make this a public announcement on this I podcast? Think, does that mean we don't podcast no more? <laughs> I mean, that means I'll be flat broke. I'm sure my mortgage okay. company will be saying, "Hey, hold on a second there, Joel. Slow no, it not down. so fast. Yes, yeah, slow this train down." Uh, I had a good day golfing today. So, are you like that? When you have a good day golfing, you think. <laughs> I am a good golfer. I don't know why the golfing gods mess with us in that mm-hmm. way. I very much feel that for, for so, I mean, I'm here in Arizona, right? Which is the golfing capital of the Southwest. We're getting into good weather. I have a tea time Saturday morning at 6 15 AM. I'm sure I'm going to do fantastic, That's but the, of the day for you, it, it, it really is. It really, really is. So I, every once in a while, I'll have a great round of golf where I'll finish like uh, two over one over or, or just even. And I'll wow. be like, I can do we this. We are on different planes. I can do this. 
We are. Are you seriously? Yeah. That's your good round of golf. Yeah, my good round of golf is like two over. Wow. So when you say two over, do you mean per hole, or, you, or do you mean the entire round? I, I always get freaked out about this because I'm like, like, I'm not a scratch golfer, but like some days I'll have a, a round that's two or three over one over uh, my best wow. round. I, I went even once wow. like I, but like, I usually hang out in the, like, like I'll usually shoot like a 85, 86, 87, somewhere in there. I get you. I get you. I, I'm a yeah. mid eighties golfer. Um, yeah. uh, if I ever shoot, I, I did shoot uh, even par one time. I, I, I am the kind of golfer that everyone would know about it. I'm not going to keep that one silent. I'm going oh, no. to announce it from the rooftops. That will be the round of my life. But, oh man, I'm, I'm hanging up photographs. I, I framed the card. Yeah. The whole nine yards. So, Hey, before we get into the legal news, and there's a lot going on this week. I do want oh to give gosh, a yeah. shout out. We are doing a comedy special this next week in Kansas yes. city, Zona Rosa, the presumed a funny tour. You can buy your tickets. Now the link is here on the, uh, on this podcast and on the, the, the show, notes. show notes, please come out. We are going to be recording this. We can have our own comedy special that we can use, uh, to, you know, promote whatever we want to promote maybe our golfing career i don't know uh, maybe taylor swift will be there start that rumor it is a possibility <laughs> a true story i mean are the chiefs playing a home game this week we are not but it is on the way from wherever she is to minnesota yep. where we are playing so she can stop on by i guess i don't know all and right she should stop on by Hey, let's get into some legal nudes because we had a lot to talk about this week. And uh, I, I, Chris, this is my feeling before we go down this road. Okay. You and I are supposed to disagree. And Fair. there will be times we disagree. That's, that's the whole yes. structure of this podcast. <laughs> I have a feeling today is not going to be one of those days. Maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe we can find ways in which to, to disagree. I mean, but we might be on the same side on a lot of these stories. But nonetheless, probably. let's start off here with our, our favorite uh, orange politician, mm -hmm. Donald J. Trump, is facing a civil trial in New York City. What is this trial about, you ask? Well... Let me tell you, have you have you ever filled out a loan application? Yes, I have. Okay. I have. You, you have. bought a house, I, su I suppose? Uh, no, haven't bought a house yet. You but bought, have you have, bought a car? Yes, I am actually still paying on my beautiful black trick. There you go. Well, whenever you fill out a loan application, whenever I have filled out a loan application, there is a section in that application where you list out your assets yes, there and is. what they are worth. Yes, Chris, there are. when I do that, I am I I don't know what to put there. It, it, I just don't know. They'll, like, they'll say, "Hey, your car, what is it worth?" I don't know what my car is worth. Right. I mean, how, how would you're, you know you're, that? You're ballparking it. Ballparking is that good enough? Is it no. actually worth that amount? I actually no. applied for life insurance several years ago, and I mm -hmm. had to put down the value of my business. How do I know what my business is worth? I had no idea. I just pulled it out of thin air. Maybe I right. shouldn't say that. If I pass away, I still want the life insurance paying out. But that yes, being do. said, when you apply for a loan, you will put down your assets and then you will put a value down. Now, Chris, yes. when we put that value down, I, I am assuming that the bank is not taking my word for it. Now, when you buy a house that is expensive, 
especially true because they will send an appraiser out to mm-hmm. your house to tell you what it is actually worth. So even though I put down on my loan application, what I believe my house was worth, the yep. bank said, okay, we appreciate it. We are going to do our own appraiser be- appraisal because we don't trust you. But that's what we're talking about here. That is the issue here in this Trump civil trial case. When Donald Trump applied for a loan, he put down the value of his various assets. And did he overstate them? Well, that's going to be the issue in this trial. So what what, what are your thoughts about this Trump civil trial? I feel like we shouldn't have to ask my thoughts about a Trump civil trial because we know exactly where I'm going to go with this. Trump is a criminal and this is his comeuppance. That's Chris, my I, thought. I, that is absolutely did he did. So there's a difference between you and I ballparking our, our 2015 Corolla is worth $10,000 ballparking it. Okay. Our house in Kansas city or Phoenix, Arizona is about $500,000. Okay. Let's send out an appraiser. Then there's a difference with specifically devaluing your assets on loan applications or devaluing your assets on IRS documents and then inflating the value of your assets on loan documents. So I have several problems with this civil trials. Several. I mean, I, I of don't course know you if do. you want to start listing them out. The, the obviously one of the big issues is the the Attorney General of New York campaigned on the promise to get Donald Trump, and she wouldn't list the crime out, but she was going to find the crime, find them okay. at the way which she could get a Donald Trump. She campaigned on it. She's been targeting Donald Trump from the beginning, and then yep. she had the. I want to say audacity, but maybe it was all comedy. I don't know. To say that this trial is not political. Mm -hmm. No, you can't say that with a straight face. You campaigned that you would get Donald Trump. This is absolutely 100% political. So I I just, she loses all credibility. All right, that, that aside. This is about the valuation. Now, according to Trump, he obviously went off a lot this week. But the judge this week, uh, the court listed his Mar-a-Lago resort as being worth $18 million. Trump says his Mar-a-Lago resort is worth about 50 to 100 times that amount. Chris, if the court or the government put down $18 million behind the Mar-a-Lago resort, that is fraud. That is flat out wrong. I've been looking at beach houses in Florida right now. Every uh-huh. uh, every, every other day, my wife will send me another listing. Do you know how much a beach, well, I'm talking about a house on the beach in, in Florida, goes for the smallest of houses? We're talking like a postage stamp size here's, lot. Here's, here's my question. $2 million for a postage size lot house. His Mar-a-Lago house resort is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So here's my question. And I haven't read the documents. Did the government really value his Mar-a-Lago estate at 18 million? Or is that what Trump, who is a known sociopathic liar, say that? Because those are two very different things. That that is. And that is there are two very different things. I would like to see the appraisers. Because again, when it comes to Donald Trump, Right, there are some things that you can take people at face value for. Right? You could you can listen to them and you can hear them talk and you can go, "Okay, that's in the ballpark. They may be missing a number here or there, 
right? If if Joel, if you came to me and said 200 people voted against Kevin McCarthy being Speaker of the House, well, you'd be off by 18, but I'd believe, okay, we're in the neighborhood, right? When Trump says, oh, the government valued my property at $18 million, pause Trump. Let's go see what the government actually evaluated the property at. And if it's at $18 million, let's have this question. But if it's that not, very good point. I'm not uh, going to listen to Donald Trump outside of a courtroom telling me the facts, quote unquote, of the case. Because we know he's a pathological liar. We know that he's a piece of garbage. And we know that he is going to constantly lie to keep himself in the limelight. And what else is this trial about? Well, this trial is about a disgorgement of profits. Now, there, there actually was no victim here. Trump did pay the loans. They've been paid off. So the bank did their own evaluations. I don't see how this is even fraud because the bank did not rely on Trump's assertions of the values of his property. Mm-hmm. And that is the basis for any kind of fraud claim. I, I just don't buy that here. That being said, this is a, a What is on the table here, according to the attorney general, is a quarter of a billion to a billion dollars because they want to disgorge Mm -hmm. all of the profits that Trump made with his property that that he got, the the property that is the basis of those loans. Right. So this is another problem I have is they deliberately chose a legal course that does not allow a jury. This will be decided by a judge. It does allow a jury. They just chose not to have Donald Trump's lawyers. Literally, they were showing the papers on um, BBC this morning where Donald Trump's lawyers clicked off no jury trial. Interesting. On the filing. It's, there you like, go. Right. And that's like that. That's also the asinine thing is that that he come and look, there is great, great. I think it's smarter for Donald Trump to not have a jury. And I'm going to tell you why. And, and this may be crazy. This is a purely procedural case, right? The It's going to come down to, did the government value the property at X amount of dollars? Did Trump lie about the value of the properties? It's purely procedural, right? And, and was there reliance? And was there reliance? And as you just stated, the banks already closed out the loans. All the loans were paid back the whole nine yards. So this is just another political crap show, right? I of, do. Of a case. But if you put a jury on this, if you put a New York jury on this, what are they going to do? They're going to hate Donald Trump and they're going to convict him. And look, I dislike Donald Trump. That is very clear. But I think it is an incredibly smart move by his attorneys to go, no, 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 no. We don't want to put this incredibly niche procedural issue in front of 12 people who don't like Donald Trump already. You know, I, I agree with that. And now that you have spelled that out, that does make a lot of sense because jury verdicts are somewhat sacrosanct, but a judge's decision is not. And so if this goes up right. on appeal, it would be a lot easier for an appellate right. court to overturn a previous judge's decision, but it's much harder to overturn a jury's right. decision. So that is a very good point. And so I think the lawyer, because she's, because what, Trump went out and goes, I'm not allowed to have a jury. This is a fraud. This is da, 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 da. I think the lawyers that that are working with him um, are smart enough to to take the hit, right? To take the to take the punch across the face for saying, "Oh, we screwed up. We should have had a jury." But in the back of their mind, they're like, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going to put Donald Trump, who said he's already going to take the stand. We're not going to put Donald Trump up in front of twelve New Yorkers that do no. not like him. And that- the the bar's lower, right? You don't need twelve. That is a good call. I do think there is a potential Supreme Court issue here. I'm always looking for the constitutional always. issues at play. Yeah. And here, if 
there is no victim here. And so this would be viewed as a fine. This would be viewed right. as a penalty, right? Yep. Some kind of, you because you did something, we are going to slap a fine on you for doing it. Mm-hmm. If it comes anywhere close to the quarter of a billion dollars, I think that is an excessive fine. And I do think the yeah, Supreme uh, yeah. Court then will step up and say that is an unconstitutional fine in this situation where absolutely right. no one was the victim. And we cannot close our eyes to the political witch hunt that this is. Uh, I, that's where I really come down to it. I, and Chris, this really kind of goes well above this podcast. It kind of deals with my general distaste for all things political. I, I don't like where our country is in its political vitriol or how we just the, – the politics supersedes everything else at play, which is a perfect transition – to our next story. It was a very historical vote this last week. Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who I just former, found out. Former, former speaker. speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, a representative from the state of California. Great state I, of California. I did not realize that until very recently. That, Sacramento that is fascinating. Area. When I tell the latter part of the story, that is very fascinating. All right. Right. Now, why was Kevin McCarthy removed from the speaker position? Well, he was fired from the speaker position because he reached across the aisle and reached a compromise with the Democrats to avoid a government shutdown. Now, we could get into why this was even necessary because the far right base sabotaged a better funding bill that they could have passed. And so Kevin McCarthy had to reach across the aisle. That's a whole nother story. Actually, it's a, it's a part of the story. But it nonetheless, because Kevin McCarthy reached across the aisle, and Chris, can I say that's what we should be doing? Yes, mm-hmm. I am a Republican. Yes, I am a conservative. I am not so arrogant to think that we have all of the answers. No, true. and the Democrats don't have all the answers. The Democrats also are true. not evil. The Republicans are not evil. We're good people. I am golfing tomorrow with some Democrats, right? So... Reaching across the aisle is what we should be doing. Exactly. He was fired for it. And Chris, this is where you and I get to play our little game here of the blame dispenser. Who (laughs) is to blame? And Chris, I am going to tell you who is to blame, and I will give you 27 seconds to respond. No. Uh, This is who I am blaming, and I think is at fault. The Democrats. I, I woke up this morning, and I realized I... I hate the Democrats now. I mean, I know what I just said, but I'm I'm speaking a little bit with hyperbole here. Mm -hmm. Why did they join those votes? They knew what Kevin McCarthy was doing. They knew he was reaching across the aisle. The Democrats also knew they're not going to get their speaker. That's not a possibility. So it's going to have to be a Republican speaker. Why did his fellow uh, California representative Nancy yep. Pelosi, who said she would have his back. Why didn't mm. she have his back? She knew he did the right thing. They uh-huh. chose to just throw mud on the Republicans' face because why not sling a little bit of mud? Why not make the Republicans look stupid when she knew he did the right thing? That just that that burned me this morning when I realized the Democrats just gleefully said, "Screw America! We love this bitter partisan political wow. bick- bickering, and so let's help the Republicans bury themselves because it's going to score some points. Our country be damned." I have never in our friendship heard such <laughs> gaslighting projection than I did right then and there. The Democrats are at fault. The, the, <laughs> Wow. The Why de- did Nancy Pelosi wow. not have his back? 
Why did they go along with that? They knew what they were doing. We do know what we're doing. And what we're going to do is we're going to ensure the destruction of the current MAGA Republican Party. And that's the point. No, they're going to they're, they're the say, yes, is, if you want to fire someone who's doing the right, right thing, we'll, we'll have your back on that one. Yeah. Hey, crazy right-wing party, we, we have your back. Yeah. And Kevin McCarthy needed to go. Kevin McCarthy is a 16-fail-vote Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy is is not a good person. Kevin McCarthy was there yeah, and I mean, helped. he's a good person. He helped Trump on January 6th inside a riot that was an insurrection and an affront to democracy. Democrats, we lie in wait. We wait till it's our opportunity to strike when the iron is hot. I am not for a second going to blame the Democrats for the fact that Kevin McCarthy could not unite his own party. That's failure to lead. That's not our problem. It's not our we we rallied behind Congress member Jeffers. We rallied behind Congress member Pelosi. You rallied, rallied behind, behind Gates. Them. You rallied behind the, the, we, the idiot we, congressman from we Florida. Let you, we let Gates. you guys, we let you guys do you. You do Republicans, you do you. Who you else voted this? with the seven or eight idiot Republicans? The Democratic right. Party joined them. That's right. Have fun. Have fun with the infighting. Have fun with you guys figuring out how to create. Have fun with your civil war. We're going to be over here voting for Congressmember Jeffers all day long. We're going to go through another 30 rounds. I would put money on it of electing a Speaker of the House. I wish. I I just wish someone would stand up and say, I care about what's in the best interest of America. I I hate this this political party. I do believe, Chris. My my the best version of America has no Matt Gates in it has no Marjorie Taylor Greene, has no Lauren Borbert. All of those people, all of that that hard right, Chip Orson and, and Dan Crenshaw, that whole right that is currently holding. There's a, there's a great guy, uh, a Congress member out of North Carolina who's about to lose his seat during due to redistricting, and he's on TikTok a lot. Um, and he's very calm, and he's an Army, uh, uh, I want to say major right now, in the reserve and all sorts of stuff. He talks about how this political theater only happens when cameras are rolling. That and, is true. And that and look, we avoided a government shutdown. Okay, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor, Loan Brobert. How can we stay in the media and stay relevant? We were gonna get all this media attention as we held the country hostage. Um, how are we gonna stay relevant? I know we'll go we'll go after the speaker and now we'll stay relevant again. And the more time that is shined on Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor and Dan Crenshaw and all the Freedom Caucus, Andy Biggs, all of those jack wagons, that is fundraising fodder for the Democrats. I, I agree with that. I could not have said that better as far as fundraising fodder for the Democrats. I think both sides are saying, even I, right. I know Gates was saying this, it's like he's already fundraising off of this. That's, of that's what this was. So right. let's talk about that just a bit. That was part of a compromise so that uh, Kevin McCarthy can, be, can become the speaker. And that is he could be removed or a vote for his removal could be had by any one person on yeah. the Republican caucus. So for the next speaker, that has to be a requirement uh, that 
that be yep. taken off the table. It is very hard to lead when any crazy in your party, mm-hmm. and yes, there are crazies on both the sides of the party. Absolutely. They, if Absolutely. any crazy can call for a, a vote to kick out their leadership, and then the opposing mm-hmm. party says, yeah, let's jump right let's in go. and do it. No, that is not how we can lead America. I think Kevin McCarthy did the right thing in trying to reach a compromise. I hate to break it to you, Republicans, but you did not win the White House last presidential election. You did not win the Senate during Mm -hmm. the last general election. And so you need to compromise. And here's a shocker. Maybe that's the best thing for America is that the both sides are reaching across the aisle to find a compromise. I don't know. That being well, said, and, I will and, now get off my high horse. No, and Joel, we we agree with this. Being on different sides of the aisle, we agree with reaching across the aisle. We agree with compromise for America, but there's no compromise when you're negotiating with terrorists, and and in the extreme sides of both parties are holding, and you're seeing it play live and in person in the Republican party right now, the Democrats have kind of been able to keep their extreme people a little quiet as the Republicans run their 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 show but like you know you're gonna you're you're watching matt gates literally try to keep this country like hostage through the entire government shutdown process because he didn't like that kevin mccarthy and republicans and a lot of republicans voted to pass the stopgap thing for 45 days it wasn't just kevin mccarthy kevin mccarthy just brought it to the vote yeah, but hats it, off to Kevin McCarthy yeah. for keeping our government going and funded. But I mean, that's what I do gets. know what, whenever you have a government shut down, it's not. It sucks. It yeah, sucks it, for everyone. It only hurts the 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 day to day worker who actually needs right. that salary. That that's who because. It hurts. And here's my favorite part. Here's my favorite part in all of this. All of it. Congress is constitutionally required to get paid. Constitutionally required to get paid. That so is even, sick. Even if there's a government shutdown and Congress goes. I'm not taking a paycheck. I'm going to be like every other person. Bull. Bull crap. The Constitution requires that you get paid at all times. So you may not take a paycheck, but that money's in your account. And when the bank calls and says, pay your mortgage, you're going to go, yeah. oh, I, I can't lose my house. I, 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 know I'm not pay- I know I'm not taking pay, but here we go. Also, second note to that, most government workers make the median um, pay if you take Congress and – the executive branch and um, the Supreme Court out of it, most government, federal government workers, median pay is $63,000. Hey, here's a, here's a question since you brought it up. Right. Who in our recent history started with the first government shutdown? Was it the Republican Party was or the, was it the Democratic Party? What do you, and how far back do you want to go in recent history? I don't know. I mean, just who's the first one see- who actually did that as a ploy? I don't know the answer to this. I'm I don't just, know the answer. I'm just to wondering. I, um, I would, it, I would venture to say it was. There wasn't any government shutdown. I mean, in my recollection, and I, and and this is Chris Marone. I want to say the first government shutdown was in like, in recent history, was maybe oh nine ten. Hey, by next week, we will find that answer. All right, so we'll right. be paying attention to yeah. the speaker, especially if for some crazy reason God smiles upon all late-night comedians and Donald Trump becomes the next speaker of the House. If oh that God. actually happened, we'll, we'll do a podcast that that very minute because that would be the craziest thing in our recent history. We've had a lot of crazy stuff go on recently. All right, 
Trevor Bauer is in the news. This is a great segue to our sports section because he his case is a collision course between oh law and sports. Now, yes. I, since I know you are a big oh. Trevor Bauer fan. Love him. Uh, I, I just know that I've been following this case, but this last week there was a huge settlement. When I read about this settlement, I thought that is brilliant legal strategy. So I'm going to let you unpack the Trevor Bauer story. Right. So Trevor Bauer is a pitcher for right now, Japan, something or other. He's 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 thrown overseas uh, a couple of years back. He was a multimillion dollar pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, during such time, uh, he was accused of sexual assault on two women previous to him joining the Dodgers. And this is where my time with Trevor Bauer comes into play is he was a pitcher, ace pitcher for Cincinnati. And Trevor Bauer was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So here we are making full circle going on. Uh, During his time in Cincinnati, Trevor Bauer won the Cy Young Award, which is the best pitcher for the uh, league in which he played in, which was the National League, which led to a historic $173 million three-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And here's where I get to say, that's how the Dodgers win. They just buy all their players rather than farm talent. But that's my hate for the Dodgers, and I hope they lose to the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. <laughs> um, so Trevor Bauer pitching for the, uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers is accused by one woman in Arizona, which the case is still ongoing, and one woman in Los Angeles, her name is Lindsay, that he sexually assaulted both of them. Now, not at the same time. These are two different cases. But the one that's been most popular is this one with Lindsay. Lindsay accused Trevor Bauer of choking her, of punching her, of engaging in non-consensual rough sex. Rape is the is the charge. And Trevor Bauer was denied the allegations. And MLB did a quote-unquote investigation, at which point MLB... Uh, suspended Trevor Bauer for 320 games. And can I just Bauer. interject here yeah. that the allegations of what Trevor Bauer did to this woman, Lindsay, Lindsay was mm-hmm. graphic. It was horrific. One reporter, falsely, I will add, reported that he mm-hmm. even bashed her skull in. Well, it turns out she had the, this reporter had the medical records to show that that did not happen. But right. uh, nevertheless, th- these are very, Horrid. very horrid uh, accusations and chris i'm just gonna throw this out there just to throw it out Mm -hmm. there i have a sensor a bs a sensor and when whenever i read a story and it sounds to me like it was written by a pr specialist by a politician by a lawyer my my um sensors go off and i get a little bit curious it's like well hold on here this does not sound like a normal recollection this right. sounds a little grandiose. Prepared. And when I read this account the first time, I thought either Trevor Bauer was a horrific criminal who should be behind bars for the rest of his life, or he's being blackballed. You know, it's one or the right. other, right? Because right. it was such a horrific detail and accusation. You almost thought this couldn't be actually, this couldn't actually happen in America. I I agree. The and and I did downplay it a little bit. Because I think that that was the emotional reaction of a lot of people. As it should be. If you are bashing women's heads in and you are choking them and you're raping them, you deserve what's coming to you. You deserve to go to jail. 
at the and end of the day. get beat up by everyone else in jail. That is horrific. Right. And so Trevor, and I got to admit that he is one of the smarter criminal defendants and civil defendants that, that we have talked about on this show. Because Trevor did the one thing we tell everyone to do, which is shut up. Do not talk. Do not get in front of a camera. Do not tell your side of the story. None of that. Trevor cooperated with MLB's quote-unquote investigation. Trevor received the 320-game suspension, which for those at home, that's about a two-season MLB suspension. Um, and then Trevor appealed, got a 194-game suspension, which was the remainder of the season he was playing in, plus the next season. Um, he was then released by the Dodgers because of the morality clause by which he had in his in his contract. And he's been making Instagram and TikTok videos about how to throw pitches and pitching in Japan for the last two years. And then it turns out that this woman, Lindsay Hill, who her name is now being reported by all these yep. different outlets uh, mm -hmm. because of the settlement, that it, it beca oh, because the settlement. Trevor Bauer filed this defamation lawsuit, Right. Well, we didn't even get to that. We didn't even get to that, right? So we have the civil suit, the criminal investigations. So Trevor Bauer, again, smart, smart, filed a defamation lawsuit. Joel, why is that important? Discovery. You get discovery. You get discovery, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you at home, discovery is where I get to, as Trevor Bauer's lawyer, subpoena every fact, every phone, every metadata, every text message, every everything that is related to this case, every conversation she's had with a friend. I get to talk to all of her friends. I get to talk to her dad. I get to talk to her job. I get to go pull bank records. I get and all of this. That's really why you would file a defamation lawsuit. Yeah. I mean, it's not as if Lindsay Hill could ever pay him a Money. fraction. I mean, Nothing. you know, Zero. yeah. Right. She literally was accusing him so she could get money. She right. was broke. So he's not filing this to get money from her. He's filing nope. it to get discovery right. so that he can clear his name. Yes. Discovery came through and it was bad for Lindsay. It was really bad for Horrific. Lindsay. Horrific. I don't think I've ever oh, seen oh, anyone's so bad. name get cleared as, as matter of factly That's as what we yeah. saw with this discovery dump. So they did the settlement. They did a mutual settlement, which was a $0 settlement, which was everybody drops every lawsuit which is a win for Trevor Bauer outside of his money that he spent on lawyers and the fact that he has lost $171 million of a baseball and he was blackballed from the MLB. So he has a lot of, it's going to be a minute for him to um, build back up his reputation. Cause there's still going to be people who treat him like he is a sexual predator. Right. Right. But then Trevor went online and said, well, now that all of this is done, and he matter-of-factly did it. He sat in front of his phone and he goes, let me read to you the evidence that we received. Because there was no gag order. There was no NDAs. There was nothing. No sealing of the record. Nothing. So Trevor went on his, uh, I believe it was on his Instagram or his TikTok. And he went line by line, precept upon precept of what happened with this Lindsay Hill. He released a video of Lindsay laying in bed next to him on the night or the morning that supposedly he beat her within an inch of her life. And she's when her smiling. skull was theoretically bashed in right. and should broken. have been bashed in. Yep. All the metadata that came out of that. He got all of her text messages of her texting her friends saying like, and she was giddy. She was laughing. Oh my gosh. And all of her friends were like, get that bag, get that money, have him ch have daddy choke you. 
You better find a way for him to cut you. So like, here's what all one of these text. Things. This is what one text said. A text Lindsay Hill sent to a friend before she ever even met me, saying, "What should I that steal?" Trevor, yeah. yeah. The answer: Take steal? his money. How might that work? I'm going to his house Wednesday. She said, "I already have my hooks in. You know how I roll." Then after the first time we met, she said, "Net worth is 51 mil." Bitch, you better secure the bag was the response. Yeah, which is get that money, right? Which is somehow get that money. Like, I think there was another one in there where she said she's going to get him to choke her. Yeah, like, the next one. These... So there was yeah. another text message where the, 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 the question was asked. And so this is between Lindsay Hill and a girlfriend of hers. But how was she going to do that? Need daddy to choke me out, she said. Being an absolute whore to try to get in on his 51 million. Right. I mean, this was a... a a plan recipe, from a the blueprint yeah. on how to create a false claim against Trevor Bauer to get his money. Right. And again, Trevor Bauer, man, it must have sucked to be you. I can't even fathom how bad it was, but good gravy. You are textbook smart on this. You waited until everything was clear and then you put out the evidence. Well, almost textbook smart. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack that here in just a bit, but yes, okay. I agree. It, don't sleep with groupies, Trevor. There you like, go. That is yeah, the, okay. That might be okay. the moral of the story here, right? Don't Chris, you don't have this worry. I don't have this worry. Right. Right. You're right, Trevor. You shouldn't just randomly hook up with girls that are there because you're a Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher. Like, yes, that's the moral of the story. But look, you can't, you know, hindsight's 50-50. All he could do is, is deal with the situation as it unfolded, and he did it with grace. Right, he faded from he faded into obscurity. He he's pitching in Japan. He did not try because you see so many times that these guys that are innocent try to tell their side of the story, and details changes because your memory, you know, time is the enemy of memory. So yeah, you remember this detail a little bit different, and then the media picks it apart. Right? They well, this day you said you guys had sex in your bed, and and now you're saying you had sex on the floor. If he's lying about that, he must be lying about every. He's a liar. Good he's a point. liar. Great right? point. So Trevor Bauer like got his lawyers and said, you know what? I'm going to take everything square on the chest. Every allegation, every complaint, every cuss word, every mean look. And now, I mean, all he has to do is re- – and he's a young guy. I think he's like 33 He's gonna or younger than that. He's gonna rebuild his pitching career and hopefully get back into the. Well, MLB let's talk about that. There's, there's two talking points I want us to address here. We actually already addressed mm-hmm. the third one, um, but the two talking points I want to address left next is: um, Do you think he will pitch again? I mean, what team would take a chance? The Miami Dolphins or my the Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers already cut him. Do you think right. a team like the Kansas City Royals who? It's a small market franchise. We need quality pitching Could get him on a discount because of the baggage that he brings because of the negative press that was associated with him. Will he pitch again in major league baseball? I think he totally will. Okay. I think this he next abs- year. Abs- mm. I mean, the season's maybe over with, so we have a whole off season now for things. To I kind think of maybe sort two, or th- out. two or three years. He'll come back. I would say 2025. All right. Season 2025. I could see him pitching for Kansas city. I could see him pitching for Cincinnati again. I could see him pitching maybe for uh, Minnesota, right? Maybe he'll get picked up by Oakland or okay. Las Vegas, wherever they're at in, in two or three years. Who knows? Um, I could see him actually getting back to the Dodgers at some point, 
Maybe that's five years out, six years out. But he, I looked him up. He's 32 years old. He maybe has five years left in the league. Hopefully he can maybe recoup eight. some of that. Maybe yeah. eight. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he can recoup some of that lost cash because I mean, $173 million pitching for the Dodgers after he won Cy Young prime. He was at the prime of his game. I mean, he was brought down by this just unscrupulous individual. All right. Lastly here, I I've been having a, I've been having a difficulty in, in processing what her lawyers did because her oh lawyers negotiated a settlement in this case. And I believe the her insurance company paid her lawyers three hundred thousand dollars, so yeah. they were a part of this settlement. But Chris, here is what I'm having a problem with. Maybe you can maybe shed some light. Surely they knew about these documents. Now she probably kept a lot of them from them. I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt there that she did not turn over to them all of the text messages. But maybe at some point in time they said. Hey, we need to get the metadata from your computer, turn it over to us. And then they dug through the metadata and found all these different text messages. Uh, maybe that's how they found out about it. Because I, if they did know this from the beginning, well, it's a whole nother story. Right. But do you think ethically they could even negotiate a settlement when they had all this hard evidence that their client set this all up? Um, I think ethically... Gosh, that's such a gray area, right? If can you ethically defend somebody you know is guilty? But, but you know what I'm saying. So they yeah, have no, this information. They no, call they up the other it. side. If there's so, any negotiation that goes on without right. them disclosing what they know, I think that's, I think, that's I, trouble. Well, they they had to dis. So my my thing is is Bauer got the documents. Bauer got all the evidence. How do you straight face negotiate with that? How do you walk into negotiation knowing what you've disclosed? Because the lawyers disclosed everything. How do you walk in there and go, all right, Trevor, 50 mil, let's go. All right, Trevor, yeah, 100 mil, let's go. You can't. You're, you're like, and Trevor's going to just do what Trevor did, which is give you the bird and wait it out. From that moment, once they turned right. over the documents, so once they got the Game documents, over. I don't think they could have made another offer of settlement. If nope. they did make an offer of settlement without disclosing those documents, I think that borderlines on on a violation of Rule Four Point One, which is you can't make a material misstatement right. or omit facts to to third parties. Uh, so I know we're getting to the thick of it with lawyers here, but lawyers listen to this podcast as well. Yeah, they do. And the non lawyers, maybe they're interested in how lawyers yeah. how their ethical code works. So once they then got that information, they got to turn it over to the other side because you, you can't engage in this, the settlement discussions without releasing that information. And then once the Trevor has it, there's no more negotiating that can even take place. It's like, okay, we know this information. We're done. We're all going our own ways and sayonara. And then I guess they go to her insurance company and say, hey, you need to pay us because we did represent her this long and we are entitled to some compensation. I don't know how that would have worked out, but it was yeah. her insurance company that paid, that paid her lawyers. I, yeah, I, I mean, you're not giving lawyers a good name here, guys. <laughs> you're, you're really not, you're not helping our cause. Oh, they we're were trying. straddling the fence there with these ethical, oh, with the ethical my gosh. rules. They, they really were. And I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they knew none of this. And that, that's probably right. true. I can't imagine that they had known this. They would have filed this lawsuit in, in the first place or filed their counterclaims yeah, in the first place. I don't, All uh, right. Hey, I got, I got. what I did notice though. And I want to, I want to point this out one last part of it. Cause I know we got to jump into football and whatnot, but Hill, Lindsay Hill responded to Trevor's video and said, 
oh, he just cherry picked text messages and he cherry picked a video and bruises take time to form. And, you know, that video of me laying in bed the next day, the bruises hadn't quite formed yet. And I was showing a proof of life video to my friends. And I'm like, first off, the video showed you laying there, right? And the pictures of you that you turned in later were split lips, black eyes, bloody noses. Split lips don't take time to develop, darling. Okay? Like, that is a good point. Right? Also, like, she really is not in the position to say that he cherry-picked different text messages because you right. would have all of them then. So release right. all of them if you think he cherry-picked them. What was he taking out of context? Right. Oh, I was just being sarcastic with my friends. I'm a sarcastic person. You just need to know me. Uh, girl. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Wait, let's talk but a little anyways, bit of yeah. football here. It's time for our, well, we've already been discussing some sports, but oh let's gosh, transition yeah. now to our, our football picks. And before oh. we get to our football picks, which we have a great, great story and a message for the kids with our last week's picks. Trust <laughs> me on that one. Oh it is gosh. a very family friendly message, yeah. but I, Chris, I have already, we, we have now gone through a quarter of the season, quarter-ish, wow, uh, four really? games. That used to be a quarter. Now it's 17 games, so whatever. Um, wow. But I think we can already eliminate some of the teams. So, For Chris, sure. I'm going to give you my list of who mm-hmm. has already been eliminated. Maybe not right. mathematically, but for all intents and purposes. purposes, they're yeah. done. I'm also going to give you my list of who the Super Bowl champion, the, the Super Bowl champion will come from this list of teams. We already know right now who the, what the, the, the identity of those teams. So let's start here. Yeah, These are go. my teams that are already out. See if you agree, agree with me, new England Patriots done. Yeah. Okay. Broncos done. done. Absolutely gone. They're, they're not winning the Super Bowl, right? No. The Raiders, they have nothing. There's no quarterback there. They're, they're a franchise oh, in disarray. You leave Jimmy G alone. You leave Jimmy G alone. But you're right. You're they're right. Done. I can't fight that. They're the, done. The, the Giants, they're a mess. Not only are they a mess this year for the next four years, but they signed their quarterback to a $100 million contract. I have no idea why. All right. No, I, I'm there it, with that on the Giants. Okay. Uh, the Commanders. Ah. Yeah, no. They're done. All right. They're, they're the, done. They're out. The Coles have a rookie quarterback. They're done. I would say they're playoff. They could be playoff bound, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. Exactly. They could maybe make the squeak into the playoffs yeah. with Let's a late a, season a push. Yeah, but they're done. They're showing, but they're yeah, they're not making the Super Bowl. Texans also rookie quarterback. No rookie quarterback has ever won the Super Bowl. It's not going to start mm-hmm. with the Texans. But CJ is oh, he's fire. He, he, he did play well last week. He did play he is, well. He is the first quarter rookie quarterback to have 1,200 passing yards and no interceptions. There you go. Uh, Random still, fact of the day. For, to yeah, this date, no, no rookie quarterback has ever won the Super Bowl. CJ will right. not be the first. The Steelers, right. they have yeah. a mess out their hand at quarterback right now. He, he He's not a he's Super out. Bowl champion. He's questionable. Can he pick it? He's he's questionable for this week to even well, play. They need to pick it a new one, then I guess. All Ooh, right. The, the Panthers, they're 0 and 4. Yep. Put a fork they're in out. them. And yep. then the Arizona Cardinals, just down the yep. street from you. They are done. So there you go. Those are my teams that are just done. They're gonna keep playing football this year mm-hmm. for why they might spoil. They might because sp- they'll spoil. 
They could right? spoil. Remember last year, it was the Detroit Lions that spoiled the Green Bay Packers season by beating them that last game. Yes. Right? We can, we can have some nice spoilers coming. Like, I think Arizona is going to spoil some good times of some and, people. And some of these teams, even though they're on my list, they yeah. would have a trending up uh, arrow behind their name because I yeah. think they are trending up. Like, for example, the Commanders are trending yep. up. The Colts and the Texans are trending, are trending up. Yeah, just not this ain't their year. This just ain't yeah, your year. You're not going to do it with a rookie quarterback. And so no. those 11, 12 teams, which is already a third of the entire NFL done put a fork God. in. That being said, and we are going to mark this podcast. I am going to give you my mm-hmm. list now of one, two, three, four, five, six, eight teams that four, I will four, guarantee four. you. And I know I made a guarantee a few weeks ago, but ignore that one. That was a disaster okay. pick. This that was is a, a good guarantee. Pick. Yeah. Thanks. The a lot, next Colorado. Super Bowl champion will come from this list of eight teams. Oh, hit me. All right. Buffalo. You think they're, 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 they could win the oh, yeah. Super Bowl this year? They could. They could definitely do it. Yep. Miami. Ooh. Here's the interesting thing about that. Miami and Buffalo are in the same division. Division, I know Miami did not look good last week, but if Tua stays healthy, they have a killer office. I can see that team winning the Super Bowl. Okay. That would be one of those, like, if Cincinnati eliminates Buffalo and Kansas City in a fluke gets eliminated and, you know, you can't get the Dolphins – the AFC is the toughest division to get to the Super Bowl right now because usually you have to go through Buffalo, Cincinnati, or Kansas City. And any one team can be beat, but beating those three teams in a row back-to-back-to-back yes. to back to back is Herculean. At I that. just think Miami has such incredible star power on offense. They could For be sure. a threat, and they can well, go on a run, and they can win the whole thing. And they're the training Rave- upward hard. Yes, the Ravens. I, I I have them on my list because they have a great record. I do like their quarterback, though their quarterback tends to always falter late. Why? Yeah, he is a running quarterback. He likes to get right. hit, He's tired, and you He's get tired. tired at the end of the year. That's why. Again, I think we are the only podcast that points this out that I listen to. No running quarterback has ever won the Super Bowl. I pointed that out last year and I'm going to point it out again this year. And there is a reason why you get beat up. It's a long season. It's yeah. just very, very hard. It's not for you, man. It's not that for you, being bro. said, you know, if there's enough injuries around, I can see the Ravens. They're, they're a solid team. They could win the yep. next one. The, the, the Bengals. Now I know the Bengals are one and three. You might be like, Joel, really? Hey, the Cincinnati starts off slow and they Always. could go on a roll. They are a very scary team with, with chase uh, Daniel. It's just, it's a good team. Jamar chase. Uh, yeah. It's I love a, Jamar. It's a scary team. And so I have to include the Bengals there. Of course, the chiefs. Have you noticed that so far, all of my teams have been AFC. And I appreciate that because there can only be one AFC champion. So, yes. I'm digging that you have six AFC teams and then you're picking the Eagles and the Niners and the Cowboys. Ooh. Oh, that's it. So I almost want to throw the Cowboys out because I do not believe in Dak Prescott, but I believe the next Super Bowl champion will be from that list of eight teams. So who did I leave out of note? The Bucks, the Lions and the Packers. Mm hmm. Now, would I mean, you take I would, any of those three teams and put them on that list? You know what? I, I, not this year, 
But if the Buck or the Bucks, not the Bucks, if the um, Lions keep doing what they're doing and making some strides, I could see the Lions being there in the next maybe 2025, maybe 2026. Like they, if they keep investing and growing that the way that they're doing, I don't know how long Goff's going to hang around. But I really think that in two years, the Lions could be somebody that's going to that's really going to shine up. I think so, too. I think they're about a year or two away. The Packers, I have a question mark around them because we just don't know what we have with love. I mean, he has he's not a rookie, but this is his first year playing because of the whole Aaron Rodgers saga. So we just don't know. He has looked brilliant and he's looked brutal. So I don't know what uh, love we are going to get. Yeah, and and, oh, and what love in playoffs, right? There's regular season, know. right? There's regular season, and then there's playoff people, and it's just it's rough, right? Like Joe Burrow is a playoff quarterback all day long. He's a good quarterback. He kind of he kind of mails it in during these first couple of weeks, but he's a playoff. He's a late season quarterback. Put pressure on that kid. He'll he'll yes. do it. All right, um, this all leads us to our moral, our message of for the young kids. I know last yep. year we kind of kidded we were doing these gambling picks as a message to the youth because but we did good. It's 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 so important to set bad examples. So someone mm-hmm. told me, I think it was Carrie Phillips, told me you can always serve as a bad example. That's what we were doing last year. We were oh. under pretenses we were serving as a bad example. Well, we ended up winning more often than we lost. So. We Not really so did. sure that that message came through loud and clear. That being said, last week, Chris, we served as a bad example. Gosh, we were horrendous. Now, I just it, remember it, our texts. Our texts were just like, why do we do this to ourselves? It's not all of our fault, right? Like the Kansas no. City Chiefs were nine and a half point favorites. Well, they were up by three. Patrick Mahomes was running to the end zone with a minute 40 left. That would have covered the spread. Right. He decided to take a slide and then just end the game right there. With a minute 40 right. left, we would have covered that spread, but for that slide. Well, and I was freaking out because the Niners, right, were obviously going to beat the Cardinals. It, right. They were up by 20, I think. And the Cardinals start pushing downfield with one minute left, and the Niners are like, whatever. If they score, they score. But I'm like, if they score, you don't cover the spread. I know. So it does create some interesting rooting going on. It so does. that being said, I'm going to give you, Chris, my picks for this week. Oh, I but love this. I am going to do them in not rapid fire fashion, but I'm going to just give you <laughs> one reason for each of my picks. And then um, we'll see what you think here. Okay, you ready? Go. Here yes. are my picks. Tennessee minus two over the Colts. Why? The Colts have a rookie quarterback and it's during the regular season. Go. Get that? Okay. Cincinnati minus three over the Cardinals. Why? It's Burrow time now. And he's one and three. It's time for Joe Burrow to show up. It's Burrow time. Take Cincinnati minus the three over the Cardinals. Right. The Jets plus one and a half over the Broncos. Why? The Jets defense. They're stuck. The Broncos. It's the Broncos. And it is the Broncos. But the Jets defense, we saw it firsthand last week against the Chiefs. They are legit. That is a that is a Super Bowl caliber mm-hmm. defense. That's why there's all this commotion in New York with Aaron when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. So yep. that's my reason why. San Francisco, minus four over the Cowboys. Why? 
it's Romo time, and that is not good for the Cowboys. No, Romo time means he is going to do something to lose this game and not show up. And so that's why you take San Fran minus the four over the Cowboys. Green Bay plus one over the Raiders. Why? Because it's an even game. You know this. Love wins, right? Love, love wins. Always wins. Love always wins. Come on. There's a book right. about that. Love wins out. Yeah. Right. Loving v. Virginia. Texas minus six and a half over the Oklahoma Sooners. Why? I think, Chris, this is Texas's year. I, I don't know why Ooh. it is. I just have a gut that Texas is going to make a run here. The SEC is down. I, I think this is Texas's year, and they have a, a great team. They have some great victories already. And so that's my reason why. Lastly, right. Missouri plus six and a half over LSU because of the media SEC bias. What do I mean by that? Missouri is a great team. LSU is in the crapper. So why in the world is LSU a six and a half point favorite? Well, it's because they're LSU and the media has a, a obvious SEC bias. Now you might be saying, but Joel, isn't Missouri in the SEC? Yeah, but yeah, they're but... they're really they're they're outsiders here, right? Looking in, they're not full yeah. SEC members just yet. All right, Chris, those are my picks with my one reason why. Oh, I love it! I love it. All right, I'm gonna start at the top. I am taking the New York Giants plus twelve over the Dolphins. <laughs> I stayed away from that. It's it's a hard thing, right? The Dolphins won by 50 points one game and then lost another game. I think plus 12 is a large number. It is a large, large number. And I don't think – I think the Dolphins are going to win by plus 12 is a large number. And prove me wrong, Tua. Prove me wrong. There you go. Uh, Jets, 2.5 over the Broncos. Say, well, I have 2.5. You had 1.5. We'll go with yours um, because, well, let's ride. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, Bengals negative three over the Cardinals because it's the Cardinals. Um, I got Detroit, right? Detroit is negative 10 over Carolina. Carolina's 0 for 4. Detroit's eating people up right now. I think they're going to do, I think they're going to do negative 10 at this point. Um, and watch Carolina win just because, you know, God hates me. Um, I got the Bears, the Bears, and I think they're playing right now as we record this. But I got the Bears plus six over the Commanders. You're giving the Bears plus six. They showed up last week. They showed up. They lost still, but they showed up. I think that they can they can close a plus six gap. And on the that's commander. also a good pick because Dick Buckus was just reporting just he passed died. away. We're doing it for the Gipper. Legendary Bears uh, linebacker. Yeah, Dicka. We're doing it for for doing it for Buckus. Okay, we're doing it for Buckus. And then lastly, I got five and a half points for um, Buffalo over Jacksonville. I think that's a pretty lock bet. I think that Buffalo is going to steamroll Jacksonville. I think Josh Allen is coming into Josh Allen time. I agree with that one. I have no idea what's going on with Jacksonville. Hey, there you go. Uh, Let's hope that we can maybe send a message of gambling isn't so bad after all. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of which, I am leaving here and heading to a casino because that is a great place to watch the game. So, Heck yeah. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next week. See you, Joel. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15 Five Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Triplicity Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.